7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, 3 p.m. in London, 12 midnight in Sydney and New South Wales, and in Malaysia, we're still mad as hell, but it's now about 1962 or so. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> welcome in. Welcome, everybody. Hello, happy Monday. Uh, yeah, Monday. Oh, boy. Do we love Mondays? It's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been one of those days. Uh, we're still under house arrest. We still can't go anywhere. We still, um, can't even go out and get some exercise and sunshine and vitamin D. Crystal Violin! Yo, thanks for joining. And uh, she says, yo, Jay, happy 5th of July, because the 4th of July was just way too loud. All the way till 5 a.m. Oh, my God. 5 a.m. for fireworks, I assume you're talking about. By the way, I changed up the chat box so it's bigger. You can actually read it now before it was a little teeny tiny thing. Uh, that's if you're watching us live right now or in our video replay on rumble.com. Uh, Jay Sheldon, no pants. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, it was, man, I, I saw some pictures of the fireworks in New York City. And for as screwed up as New York City is, and believe me, they've managed to screw it up, uh, the fireworks display this year was amazing. I mean, gave, like, Japan a run for its money. Okay, maybe not that good, but they looked amazing. I lo as you know, I am a huge fan of fireworks. Miko, not so much. But uh, I, I absolutely love fireworks. Um Miko is doing well. Uh, she still is uh, upset that she can't go for her nightly walk, as are we. And, uh, you know, she doesn't understand why people who apparently don't want to follow the science uh, doesn't know that sunshine and vitamin D is probably the best thing for you to fight against a virus. But uh, nevertheless, we uh, follow the rules. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, oh, I mentioned it. So we want to say hi to our podcast listeners. We've got hundreds and hundreds of people that listen on the podcast. After we're done with the live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch.tv, we suck out the audio, do a little quick editing, and then we send it up to all your favorite podcast places, wherever you might look for us. Find us there. You want to re-listen to the show, or if you miss a part... Um, you can go to uh, Amazon, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on uh, just about every platform you can think of, except iHeartRadio. For some reason, I cannot get on iHeart, but we're working on it. But we're almost everywhere else. And thank you. You're subscribing, you're downloading, and the numbers are great. Really, really, truly appreciate that. Thank you. Big round of applause for you podcast listeners out there. Uh, Crystal says it was uh, pretty cool. It was pretty, but at what cost? Yeah, true. If everyone except me is trying to sleep and they're going practically deaf. Oh, man. Miko would have been beside herself. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. <sighs> they are amazing. All right. We're also trying something new tonight. I am recording the stream as I do it live. 
it saves me some post-production time. If this messes up my stream, I'm going to be really pissed. Mohaned the Mighty has joined us. A round of applause and a hearty hi-ho to you, Mohaned, who says, looks like you've fallen into my little spider web. How? Oh, I have, wait, I have to put on a voice with this. <laughs> looks like you've fallen into my little spider web. How unfortunate. Since this place has been quite dead and boring, I'll give you the chance for giving us an entertaining show in exchange for your freedom. Choose wisely. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mohanan. Always the creative introduction to Mohanan joining the stream. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Oh, man. Let's see. What else is going on in life? I know. Coffee. Coffee time with Miko Merchandise. That's the I'm Not Wearing Pants logo on this coffee mug. Nice 15-ounce coffee mug. And that is little Miko. If you're watching on Rumble.com, Jay Sheldon, no pants, please subscribe to my channel over there. Okay. Now we've got some coffee, the pause that refreshes. We also had a bit of a, um, okay. On our last stream, we talked, when we got into the funny, weird stuff, we talked about this new burger from Burger King, which has chocolate sauce on it. And, yeah. And I said, mm, thanks, no thanks. <sighs> okay. I have to admit it. I tried it. Yeah, I tried it. I have the proof that I tried it right here. Whoops, right there. <laughs> this is not the product shot that they spend, you know, several million dollars making. This is actually the burger that was delivered from Burger King to my home. And... Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> all right, let me get my mouse in the picture here so you can see it. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry, go to rumble.com slash J Sheldon, no pants. And you can, you can see the uh, video sh uh, portion of the show, same show, just with video attached. So we got the buns, of course, we got a slab of cheese, we got a burger patty. We got some, what they call beef bacon, which is basically fake bacon. Uh, without any, you know, pork, obviously. And this, all this here, this, this dripping around the sides, this here, this is chocolate sauce. And I, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm going to be fair. It is not what I expected. Now, I said in our, in our last stream that if this was like a non-sweetened chocolate, which has... You know, non-sweetened chocolate, if you've ever eaten like a 70 or 80% cacao or cocoa uh, uh, chocolate bar, it's, it's a little bitter, but it's quite good and almost has a similar taste to coffee. Um, this was sweet, but not sickeningly sweet. It's not like, like Hershey's syrup or something. It was sweet, but just sweet enough. I would say about as sweet as a barbecue sauce except it was definitely chocolate and it wasn't bad uh you know fair is fair and i'll always be honest with you guys no matter what if i hate something i'll tell you i hate it if it was okay i'll tell you it was okay it was okay 
I would not order this again, but it's not bad. So Burger King, tip of the hat to you. I, uh, I be- <laughs> Mohanan says you betrayed us. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. But um, so I'm, I'm going through my Facebook feed tonight and I find just today, just today, followed up because we talked about Burger King and their chocolate burger, we found this. Yes, it's tri-colored french fries. <laughs> oh, man. It says 100% natural color. By the way, if the Burger King agency is out there, you owe me. I think you ought to sponsor this show because so far I gave you a good chocolate burger review and now I'm promoting your tri-colored fries. These apparently are brand new. They just started. And <laughs> if you're watching on the video, if you're listening on the podcast, sorry, go to rumble.com slash jsheldonnopants. It's one of the last times I'm going to say it. Um, no, I, I was ready to talk about Mohanad. It says I was waiting for you to talk about how bad it is. I, if Look, if it was horribly bad, I would have been going, yuck, don't eat it, run away, run away. But it's not bad. I, you know what? Try it. That's the best I can say. If, if it's available where you are, give it a try at Burger King. And uh, they're not paying me for this endorsement at all. Believe me, I wish they were. Um, but I'd still be honest with you. But anyway, they started with these today, the new tri-colored fries, uh, natural flavor because the fries are made out of normal potatoes, which are kind of that golden yellow color, and orange, which I assume is some sort of, um, uh, let's see, it doesn't say, but they've got to be like, uh, like a pumpkin or something. And then the purple ones here, which I, they're not purple Japanese sweet potatoes because they're not purple. So I don't know exactly what, but apparently there's some purple vegetable out there that they've made the fries out of. So now uh, I, these I would try. These I would look forward to trying because I love Burger King's fries. I, I really do. I know they're crap. They're junk. It's all junk food. But Burger King's fries, <clears throat> to me, I kind of like them better than McDonald's. But now they've got this, uh, like a pumpkin one. And I think the, the, yeah, you're right, Crystal, says the colors remind me of the Taco Bell sign. Um, so the, 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 the sweet potato, likely, which is what the orange ones are. The purple ones, I don't know what they're made out of. But um, I would try this. I absolutely would. Why not? We'll give that a thumbs up and I will try it. And I'll let you know. I'll take a picture because, you know, they never look like what the picture looks like. So <laughs> there you go. All right. So we got our, our first burgers and fries out of the way. Wow. Uh, if it's not seasoned, I don't want it. Yeah, I would think they're probably, I mean, they're, they're likely salted anyway. But uh, I don't know if they, it doesn't seem to look like or say anything about putting some special seasoning or something on there. So no idea. But Burger King, if you'd like to advertise on the show, you can just email nopants at jsheldon.com and we'll talk. We'll talk. You and me. We'll talk. Okay. All right. Our headline for the show tonight is, are you a quacker wadger? Are you a quacker wadger? Would you like to be a quacker wadger? Trust me, you don't want to be 
a quacker wadger. And you folks over in the U.S., you got a crap load full of quacker wadgers over there. And in the U.K., I happen to know you got a lot of quacker wadgers. Not as many as the U.S., but you're working on it. And here, we live on quackawadgery. You never asked yourself the question. Well, you should ask yourself the question, and you should not be a quackawadger. What's a quackawadger, you ask? Well, I'm glad you did, because tonight we're going to tell you what a quackawadger is. You know, they, sell, they say never to point. I don't know who they are, and I don't listen to them. But they say, always use the blade hand. Use the blade hand. Don't point at people. So here, there, now you've been pointed at. All right. It comes from 1860, the word quackerwadger. Have you looked it up yet? Have you internet searched yet to find out before I tell you what it is? I'm going to tell you now. A quackerwadger. The word comes from 1860, and I love this. A quackerwadger was a type of wooden puppet, you know, a, a puppet, like a marionette puppet or a hand puppet. In politics, however, a quackerwadger was a politician who acted on the instructions of an influential third party rather than properly representing their constituents. Yeah. Now, does it make sense to you? Now, do you know what I said about quackerwadgers and how many we have? We have a lot of them. We shouldn't. Those aren't the people you should be electing. But somehow, we always manage to. A quackerwadger from 1860. I don't, it doesn't say, I don't know what country this word came from. I'm guessing probably the U.S., but it might have been the U.K., it sounds like a like an I'm sorry, but it sounds like an Australian word, don't you think so? It's like, uh, <laughs> hey mate, you a quackerwadger? <laughs> that was a terrible Australian accent. I'm sorry, I'm so embarrassed. It's the best I could do. I've never been able to do Aussie accents very well. British I can do, but not Aussie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a wooden puppet or a politician who acts on some influential third party instead of the people who elected him, who he or she is supposed to be representing. But instead, they're a quacker wadger. So get rid of the quacker wadgers. We don't need them. Get them out. Wait. Shachu a meter. Shachu a meter. What does that mean? I have no idea. Let me turn it off. <laughs> that was weird. Okay. Anyway, that's a quacker wadger. I wanted. I found that, and I, I had to share it with you because it's like, it's perfect. Uh, thank you, by the way, Dennis. Dennis Andrews, who always has the coolest stuff on his Facebook feed, and he is the one who, who found this and shared, and shared the quacker wadgery tonight. So there you go. Now you can now you can define those people that screw us, the electorate, the. Uh, the constituents, the people they're supposed to be representing instead of some influential third party behind the scenes. Which is kind of like saying a deep state. They've all, You know what? Every country's got some form or another of a deep state. All right, let me dump the quackawadgery. Hey, we got some more good news too, by the way. You know, 
here in Malaysia and around the world, but in particular, I know about Malaysia because it's where I live and I've lived here nearly 20 years now. Um, we've had some amazing issues and problems with the lockdowns and with people being out of work, people consequently being out of money, consequently being out of food, uh, people's children not eating or not having proper nutri nutrition. And so uh, they started a campaign here, which was the white flag campaign. And if you are in need of help, you put a white flag in front of your house and then people will know that you are someone who needs assistance. If you are a decent moral person, you will go give that person some help, find out what they need, provide it for them if you can, or perhaps hook them up with some assistance. If you are the sort of person that's in it to, you know, satisfy your ego and boost your social media standing, then you're going to take video and pictures and that's all you really care about is getting your face put up online at how wonderful a person you are. Look at all the good I'm doing. Now, look, if you're doing that to publicize the fact uh, that you are part of an organization and you need assistance, you want people to donate to you either food items or financially, that's one thing to a limited degree. But if you're out there just doing this to pump up your social media numbers, then you know what? You're just doing it. You're not doing it for the right reason. Your heart is not in the right place. So help if you can. However, I just saw this and I don't have much information. I'm sorry I can't pass that on to you. But I at least wanted to let you know that this existed. It's brand new. And it's called the Bandera Pute app. Bandera Pute is uh, Bahasa Malaysia for white flag. And it is apparently an app. I think if you search online for Bandera Pute app, you will likely find it. Yeah, thanks to the bot, whatever. These bots really believe we're actually going to think they're real people. Whatever. Um, so anyway, do a, do a web search if you want for the Bandera Pute app. And you'll see here, I've, I've put a picture of it up on the screen. That's what it looks like. And it will, you know, it does a number of things. Not only will it show you places where uh, white flags have been located, uh, but it will also trace and track the food banks that are available in that area. It's got some GPS locating type stuff. And so um, it will not only uh, show you people who are in need of assistance, and you can mark places that have white flags with a geolocator on there and inform the app, and then it will share that information. But it will also, oh, I do have a website. I'll give it to you in a second. Um, you can also, it will also trace the food banks that are available around there. So there's an idea. I know there are some folks who are uh, going out with, rice and food items, nasi lemak, uh, food stuff, fried chicken and things, and looking for, for homes that have white flags to help them out. And uh, so this app would be very helpful for you. According to the posting here, it says it's um, banderapute.apps. So check that out. Um, yeah, well done, Malaysia. Very nicely done. And so um, there you go. That that uh, hopefully will help some people out. And uh, you also can take part and help some people out. Cool beans. I um, wanted to publicize that so uh, the word got out there and people would know. All right.
Um, today and yesterday, you know, one of the things that really drives me nuts is when older people like me say things like, when I was a kid or back in my day, but I found one and I had to share it because it's really true. It's one of those back in my day things. And it's, it's, it's written on the screen. You can see it. But if you're listening on the podcast, it's, it's a word thing. So I'll share it with you. When a child falls over, you know, kid takes a spill, trips over his own two feet, falls down. Today's mom says this. Oh, baby, are you okay? Oh, you poor thing. Come give me a cuddle. We'll get a Band-Aid and some candy to make it all better. My mom, back in the day. Hey, any bleeding? Got any broken bones? No? Good. Now brush it off. Next time I tell you not to do something, you're going to listen to me, huh? <laughs> yes! I wish I could tell you, growing up in the 70s, how many times I heard that. Oh, you okay, you poor thing. Let me get you a Band-Aid and some candy, as opposed to, ah, you, you hurt? No? Good. Now knock it off, and next time listen to me, and you won't fall down. That was my mom. God love her, and she raised us right. But there you go. No participation trophies for you. <laughs> oh, man. I love this stuff. All right. Well, I got another one for you. This is really cool. This is really cool. I... <laughs> I could not remember, let's see, I don't actually feel that's a bad thing. No, you're right, it's not. Um, there was a film, and I tried today so hard, I searched it, I racked my brain what little bit I have left up here to remember the name of the movie where all I can remember about the plot, and it might have been Bruce Willis. I think I'm confusing movies. But the wife dies, and she used to love dragonflies. And then the husband sees dragonflies. Was it even maybe called dragonfly? I don't think so. If anybody knows, would you put that in the chat, please? Uh, let me know what that film is. I, I watched it. I loved it. I wish I could remember the name of this film. It, it might. The more I'm thinking about it now the more I think it might have been called Dragonfly. By the way, I love dragonflies. I know they look scary and a lot of people are afraid of them, but two things. They do not bite you. They are not harmful. Do not ever, do not ever, let me say it again, do not ever kill a dragonfly. First of all, there are no harm whatsoever to you. Second of all, they eat mosquitoes by the boatload boatloads of mosquitoes you let them be they are beautiful and if you've seen the different variety just do an image search dragonflies take a look at the variety and the colors and the shapes they are incredible i have all my life i have loved dragonflies and in fact 
at some very important, poignant moments in my life, I've had dragonflies show up. And I always looked at that as some sort of a sign. You know, I'm not so much into the whole, you know, thing. Crystals and all that stuff. A little bit, but not, not a bunch. But to me, somehow, dragonflies always signified something. Good, bad, hope. Uh, love dragonflies. So that is why when I found this, I thought, whoa. This is Meganura. Meganura. <laughs> Meganura is a genus of extinct insects from the Carboniferous period, which was about 300 million years ago. I'm moving the chat box up. Uh, 300 million years ago, uh, the Meganura resembled and are related to today's present-day dragonflies. Now, here's how they differ. Check this out. Its wingspan from 65 centimeters to more than 70 centimeters. For those of you in the U.S., that's 25.6 inches to about 28 inches. That's freaking big! M. Monyi, as it's known, Meganura is known as one of the largest known species ever of flying insects. They were predatory, such as today's dragonflies, and their diet consisted mainly of other insects. Now, this, whoops, this is a fossil. Rumble.com slash J. Sheldon, no pants if you want to see the video. This is a fossil that was discovered by Frenchman Stefanian Cole Measures, uh, Measures, I suppose, of commentary in 1880. 1885, French uh, paleontologist, where'd it go? Will you, my mouse has been giving me trouble all day. Paleontologist Charles Brogagnard described and named the fossil Meganeuro, which means large-nerved, refers to the network of veins in the insect's wings. Another fine fossil specimen found in 1979 in Derbyshire in Bolsover. The holotype is housed in the National Museum of History, of Natural History, in Paris. Wow. That is amazing. Look at that thing. Absolutely incredible. And what a wingspan. It sounds like a bird. Yeah, actually, it's bigger than a lot of birds. You're right. So can you imagine that thing? Something like this, like 25 inches? That's insane. Which would mean the body would be, you know, that big around. That is huge. That is incredible. Imagine those things flying around, picking off mosquitoes. Actually, I'm sure that that size, they weren't eating mosquitoes. <laughs> they were likely eating... Uh, <clears throat> maybe other dragonflies, other masternas or whatever they're called. Insane. Okay, I'm going to tell you one more time. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you. Appreciate the downloads, the subscriptions. Fantastic. Our numbers are through the roof. It's great. But if you want to watch the video show, all you need to do is go to rumble.com, sign up for a free account, 
And then you can uh, just go to rumble.com slash jsheldonnopants. And you'll find our channel there with all of our videos. Every episode, all 83 now after tonight. 83 episodes, by the way. We've done 83. (laughs) Which also means that I am in the process of figuring out what special we're going to do for our 100th show. It's still a month or two down the road. A few months, maybe. Not that far, though. Because we do three shows a week. So... Our 100th show, on our 50th show, we had my brother live from New Jersey. He was a kick. It was great. Go back and watch show 50. Rumble.com slash Sheldon, no pants. But uh, go back. I'm going to plug that as much as I can to like, get some more subscribers over there. Um, anyway, uh, our 100th show, we got to do something special. I mean, maybe not. Maybe we'll just talk to you. By the way, if you want to, you can Skype into the show. You can call in live right now. Just Open up your Skype on your handphone or your cell phone or your laptop or whatever and uh, type in I'm not wearing pants. You'll see the logo there and uh, you can call into the show. Talk about whatever you want to talk about something I've talked about tonight, whatever we're talking about at the moment or bring up your own subject if you want to. All right. I got another one, but I got to make sure this is going to work. I hope it does because it's funny as hell. You've got to check this out. <laughs> This was posted by, I don't know who, who posted this? I can't see. Uh, Anyway, Kevin International Veed. Anyway, something for all you 80s gamers out there. (laughs) These are not robots. These are real live people. Now check this out. Mortal Kombat, anyone? cool or what (laughs) i hope you could hear the sound again if you're listening on the podcast i'm sorry you're gonna have to go to rumble check out the video show but yeah we okay we don't need you anymore tucker Uh, (laughs) but you you've got to check that out the sound itself was very cool but yeah that was exactly mohana that was insanely good (laughs) could you hear the sound i hope so yeah uh, I did my best to make sure that worked tonight, so hopefully it worked. <laughs> that that was amazing. Absolutely insane. All right, folks. Um, <laughs> we like that a lot. If you're an 80s gamer kid like me, or 70s actually, when was Mortal Kombat? Late 70s, maybe? Early 80s? I don't actually remember, but... It was cool. (laughs) 
All right, we uh, we're going to move on as we do to our um, insanely popular book. Uh, we want to also thank the good folks at the Gutenberg Project, as we always do. They provide us with these books. They are in the uh, public domain. I'm still thinking about that Mortal Kombat video. That's what happens when I laugh too much. We'll be editing that part out of the podcast, so you won't know what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. So anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to our book. And our book this time around is The Jungle Book. We have been reading through only part of a chapter because Rudyard Kipling's chapters are like, they're a book in and of itself. Story time with old man Hammer, tough as nails. <laughs> Thank you, Crystal. Um, yeah. So uh, we've been going through this book. We've done Alice in Wonderland. We've done uh, The Velveteen Rabbit. We did The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Uh, we've done a ton of books over at gutenberg.org. Free books, copyright free, download e-books or text files or HTML. You'll find them all over there. Um, Zane, Zane Hashim, thank you very much for the like. Appreciate that. <laughs> all right, cool beans. Well, you popped in. Hello, Mr. J. Sheldon. Hello, Mr. Zion. <laughs> it's great to have you along. Thank you very much. I hope you didn't just find us. And if you have just joined us, we're moving into the book reading part of our show. The first half, we always talk about all kinds of weird stuff. And if you want to see the full show, you can either watch it on Facebook and replay later, YouTube, or go to rumble.com slash jsheldonnopants. Subscribe. You can watch all of our previous episodes. Anyway, Zane, great to see you. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to get into the Jungle Book. And uh, as you know, last time, uh, we left Mowgli falling asleep, who had agreed to have nothing more to do with the monkey people, even though he desperately wanted to. And as we're finding out, the Jungle Book, the original from 1894, which is what we're reading, is very different from Disney movies, like, you know, songs and dance and all. It's not that, it's not that, it's the same story, but it's not that version of the story. All right. So Mowgli fell asleep between the panther and the bear, agreeing he would never have anything more to do with the monkey people. And here we go. The next thing he remembered, he was feeling hands on his feet and arms, hard, strong little hands, and then a swash of branches in his face. And then he was staring down through the swaying boughs as Baloo woke the jungle with his deep cries and Bagheera bounded up the trunk with every tooth barred. The Bandarlog howled with triumph and scuffed away to the upper branches where Bagheera dared not follow, shouting, He has noticed us! Bagheera has noticed us! All the jungle people admire us for our skill and our cunning. And then they began their flight, and the flight of the monkey people through the tree land is one of the things nobody can describe. They have their regular roads and crossroads, up hills and down hills, and all laid out from 50 to 70 or 100 feet above the ground. And by these, they can travel at even at night if necessary. Two 
of the strongest monkeys caught Mowgli under his arms and swung off with him through the treetops. Twenty feet at a bound. They'd been alone. They could have gone twice as fast, but the boy's weight held them back. Sick and giddy as Mowgli was, he could not help but enjoy the wild rush. Through the glimpse of earth from far down below, it frightened him. And the terrible check and jerk at the end of swing over nothing but empty air brought his heart between his teeth. His escort would rush him up a tree until he felt the thinnest, topmost branches crackle and bend under them. And then with a cough and a whoop would fling themselves up in the air outward and downward and bring up hanging by their hands or feet to the lower limbs of the next tree. Sometimes he could see for miles and miles across the still green jungle, as a man on the top of a mast can see for miles across the sea. And then the branches and leaves would lash him across the face, and he and his two guards would be almost down to earth again. So, bounding and crashing and whooping and yelling, the whole tribe of Bondalog swept along the tree roads with Mowgli as their prisoner. For a time, he was afraid of being dropped. Then he grew angry, but knew better than to struggle, and he began to think. The first thing was to send back word to Baloo and Bagheera, for at the pace the monkeys were going, he knew his friends would be left far behind. It was useless to look down, for he could only see the top sides of the branches. So he stared upwards and saw, far away in the blue, Ron, the kite, balancing and wheeling as he kept watch over the jungle, waiting for things to die. Ron saw that the monkeys were carrying something and dropped a few hundred yards to find out whether their load was good to eat. He whistled with surprise when he saw Mowgli being dragged up to a treetop and heard him give the kite call for, We be of one blood, thou and I. The waves of the branches closed over the boy, but Ron balanced away to the next tree in time to see the little brown face come up again. Mark my trail, Mowgli shouted. Tell Baloo of the Sinui Pack and Bagheera of the Council Rock. In whose name, brother? Ron had never seen Mowgli before, though of course he had heard of him. Mowgli the Frog! Man-cub, they call me. Mark my trail. The last words were shrieked as he was being swung through the air, but Nan nodded and rose up till he looked no bigger than a speck of dust. And there he hung, watching with his telescope eyes the swaying of the treetops as Mowgli's escort whirled along. They never go far, he said with a chuckle. They never do what they set out to do. Always 
pecking at new things are the Bundalog. This time, if I have any eyesight, they've peeked down trouble for themselves. For Baloo is no fledgling, and Bagheera can, as I know, kill more than goats. So he rocked on his wings, his feet gathered up under him, and waited. Meanwhile, Baloo and Bagheera were furious with rage and grief. Bagheera climbed as she had never climbed before, but the thin branches broke beneath his weight, and he slipped down, and his claws were full of bark. Why dost thou not warn the man-cub, he roared to poor Baloo, who had set off at a clumsy trot in the hope of overtaking the monkeys. What was the use of half slaying him with blows if thou didst not warn him? Haste! Oh, haste! We, we may catch them yet, Baloo panted. At that speed, it would not tire a wounded cow. Teacher of the law, cub beater, a mile of that rolling to and fro would burst thee open. Sit and think. Make a plan. This is no time for chasing. They may drop him if we follow too close. Arula, woo! They may have dropped him already, being tired of carrying him. Who can trust the Bundalog? Put dead bats on my head, give me black bones to eat, roll me into the hives of wild bees that I may be stung to death, and bury me with the hyena, for I'm most miserable of bears. Arulala, Wahua, oh, Mowgli, Mowgli, why did I not warn thee against the monkey folk instead of breaking thy head? Now perhaps I may have knocked the day's lesson out of his mind, and he'll be alone in the jungle without the master words. Baloo clasped his paws over his ears and rolled to and fro, moaning. At least he gave me all the words correctly a little time ago, said Bagheera impatiently. Baloo, thou hast neither memory nor respect, what would the jungle think of the black panther curled himself up like Iki the porcupine and howled? What do I care what the jungle thinks? He may be dead by now. Unless and until they drop him from the branches in sport or kill him out of idleness, I have no fear for the man-cub, for he's wise and well-taught. And above all, he has the eyes that make the jungle people afraid. But, and it is a great evil, he's in the power of the Bandarlog. And they, because they live in trees, have no fear of any of our people. Bagheera licked one forepaw thoughtfully. Fool that I am. Oh, fat, brown, root-digging Fool that I am, said Baloo, uncoiling himself with a jerk. It is true what Hathi the wild elephant says, to each his own fear, and they, the Bandalog, fear Ka, the rock snake. He can climb as well as they can, and he steals their young monkeys in the night. 
The whisper of his name makes their wicked tales cold. Let us go tell Ka. What will he do for us? He's not of our tribe, being footless and with most evil eyes, said Bagheera. He is very old and very cunning. And above all, he's always hungry, said Baloo, hopefully. Promise him many goats. He sleeps for a full month after he's once only eaten. He may be asleep now. And even were he awake, what if he would rather kill his own goats? Bagheera, who did not know much about Ka, was naturally suspicious. Then in that case, thou and I together, old hunter, might make him see reason. Here... Baloo rubbed his faded brown shoulder against the panther, and they went off to look for Ka, the rock python. And next time, we'll see if he, they find him. <laughs> cool. That's getting more exciting. That, of course, is uh, the Jungle Book, and uh, part of what I think is the second chapter of the book. And we will indeed continue with the Jungle Book on our next stream, which will be Wednesday night. So, hope you enjoyed that. It's getting interesting. The monkeys have Mowgli, and Bagheera and Baloo are going to look for Ka. Can't wait till they find him. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you. If you're listening on the podcast, appreciate the downloads, the subscriptions. Truly, the numbers are great. We really appreciate that. Thank you. You'll find us on all the major podcast platforms. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever it is. And uh, don't forget, please, I've been plugging it all night because I really need you to go over there. Sign up for a free account. And uh, look for rumble.com, J. Sheldon, no pants, and give us a subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. I will see you again on Wednesday night. Thank you all for joining. And uh, that's going to do it for then. Uh, Mohanad says that was quite entertaining. I shall set you free for now. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate you setting me free. <laughs> Enjoy your temporary life. You are a kick in the pants, Mohanad. I hopefully will see you next time. Until then, my friends, thanks again, and uh, I will. Uh, I will see you on Wednesday. Oh man, I'm Jay Shelton, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. <laughs>